Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Well, Paige, today we are going to be talking about different approaches to parenting. We're going to be talking about reactive parenting and proactive parenting. So there is a difference between the two. We want to make sure that we respond properly in our parenting techniques. And when we're handling situations, sometimes when we get too reactive, we can end up having problems. And so we want to give you some solutions for that today. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. But before we do, we need to talk about a fun family activity. So that is a tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. Paige, what type of a family activity sounds fun to you today? Something that I know we used to do when we were younger is we would make, I guess, what we call a domino machine. So we'd take all of our dominoes or even wooden blocks, and we would set them up to have a domino effect, which means that you set them up on their skinny end. And then, you you know, when you push one over, it pushes all the rest of them over. But we would try and see how many different configurations we could do and how many little sprout offs we could do from the main, you know, domino line. Um, It's similar to what people do with um, like cards, you know, bend cards a little bit and put them into pretty shapes, stuff like that. But it's fun to see, okay, well, if we make it do this, and then if it hits this you know, this peg connected to this string, then it lets this marble go, and then it hits another set of dominoes. You know, it's a whole puzzle and, you know, analyzing and problem-solving game. There's a name for this, and I'm sure somebody else is going to know what the name is, and I can't remember, but it's like there was a guy who he's he was known, and so it's usually called a, a such-and-such machine named after this guy. I can't think of it right off the top of my head. I probably should have looked it up, but um, he was known for the coming up with the most complicated and extravagant way to do the simplest things, you know, like flipping an egg or something like that. It's like, oh, this bowling ball has to roll from here to there and this whole bit just to get the egg flipped. Anyway, and so basically doing that with dominoes, seeing what you can do there and just just seeing if you can get the whole thing to be successful is so much fun. And Paige, you're right. We've used blocks before. So um, Kapla blocks, they're all about the same size and they're similar to dominoes, but a little bit t- taller. Um, those are really fun blocks, by the way. You can build a lot of cool things with Kapla blocks. So I, I highly recommend those if you love trying to come up with cool creations. Anyway, so we've used those as well. Fun idea. I love it. All right, so we're going to be looking at the topic of responses in parenting, whether we're reactive or proactive, and we're going to look through the lens of self-government. So Paige, what is self-government? How does this help us? Well, the way we define self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Right. So this means that a person understands themselves and is honest enough with themselves that they're willing to say, wait a second, that's not the effect I want. I think I'm going to change a plan for me so that I can become a better version of myself. 
And who doesn't want that? Well, um, you know what? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there are actually a lot of people who do not want that. They don't want to have to control themselves. Instead, they would rather just wait to see what happens in their life and then just react to any given situation as it occurs. roll with the punches, as some people say. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They just, well, whatever happens, happens. And here we go. And I can't plan ahead. There's a lot of people who think they can't plan ahead for parenting, that they just have to wait to see what happens because maybe they ch- their child will never do that bad behavior. So then they don't have to worry about it. But I've got to say, if a parent is caught not prepared, they start to stress out. So let's talk about some of the things that can happen in reactive parenting. So the definition of reactive is that something happens. So there's some sort of a trigger effect, something occurs. And then, and then because of that, there is an auto response that happens without much thinking. It just happens. Okay. That's what a reaction is. So every action causes a reaction. So think, um, Newton's laws here. So here comes a car. It crashes into another car. Even if that car has their brakes on and they're not planning on going anywhere, something still happens. There's a reaction. That car is jolted. The people can get whiplash. It gets dented. There's things that occur that even if you didn't want them to occur, they could because you were not fully prepared for that impact. So of course, proactive is the opposite of that, the person who looks us ahead and says, now something could happen down the line. How can I be ready for that thing that could happen down the line? So this is why they put in seat belts and uh, airbags and whatever in the cars, because they're trying to be proactive. All right. Well, if a car has an accident, what could we do? What could be triggered at impact that could maybe save a person's life? And, you know, emphasis on maybe, because it doesn't always, but, um, But anyway, they were trying to be proactive with those measures. And so a parent who's proactive tries to look ahead too. So let's talk about some of the reactive parenting. Let's start with the bad news. Okay. And, and don't think of yourself as a bad person. If you've been reactive in your parenting before, I think it's important to recognize you. I think we all have at some point or other. Well, yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. I mean, any person has had a bad moment in communication. I mean, that's just from the time the baby is whining and ah, that's all of a sudden a time where a, a baby is having a bad moment in communication, you know? So every person has not communicated effectively before. And so then what happens because of that? Let's talk about the reactions to the reactive parenting. What kinds of things have you seen Paige? Well, I know from personal experience um, when I allow myself to take Clara's behaviors personally, sometimes I get annoyed. I know there was a time when she was younger than she was. Yes. Um, she was crying and crying and I'm, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. You know, she, she needs to be going to sleep and I can't have my personal private time anyway. And so she was just sitting there crying and I finally, like, I let my emotions get the better of me and I did a sudden quick movement right next to her, you know, that actually like scared her, you know, just in the hopes that she would stop crying. (laughs) So you like, kind of like, just kind of like quickly move fast to see if you would startle her or something. Yeah. And I think I even like yelled a little bit too. Stop (laughs) it. 
Oh dear. You really did lose it. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Um, anyway, but it was, it was interesting because she stopped for a minute, but then she was crying even more because she was scared and frightened. Well, yeah, because then at that point she's like, Oh no, I don't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something that I definitely reacted to the situation in a way that I shouldn't have. And I hadn't, um, done a little pre-teach to myself saying, okay, when she's crying, you know, it's not because she's purposely trying to take your time away from you. Right. It's because she needs something. So she doesn't um, understand your needs or care. And that's probably (laughs) one of the hardest things about being a new mommy is you're looking out for the needs of another person the whole day long. Mm -hmm. And that other person has no idea what your needs are. They don't even know you have any and they don't care. And so you definitely don't get a met. Yeah. Oh, and there she is, just jibber jabber. She doesn't know or care what you're doing. She's just like, well, you're talking, so I'm going to talk too. Right. And she's go. also in this light cling to mom phase. So <laughs> yeah, so we, we get will to be have where mommy us. is. <laughs> so Clara is going to be in the podcast. We'll just like hear Clara grow up on these little podcasts. It's not here. the first time. It's okay. <laughs> no, no. She's had her little squawks and stuff in there before, but at least she's got happy noises. Okay. So you're saying from personal experience, you know, what happens is you actually can have a negative effect on the child. So the child might not feel safe around you because you reacted. I'd in say a certain that's way. probably the most common because I know just watching other people, parents will be like, why did you do that? Or what were you thinking? You know, and they don't pause to think, well, maybe the child wasn't actually analyzing and thinking because they haven't been trained to do so. Right. And so, um, the reactive parenting is all emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it is. That's super important to differentiate because when you're proactive, you actually have a desire for a different emotional outcome. And so you logically plan deliberately plan so that you'll have a different emotional outcome. You you prepare to be emotionally productive instead of emotionally non-productive, right? Which is a big difference. So some of the negative effects are the child can not feel safe, maybe even develop some future anxiety because their needs aren't met, their bonding needs aren't met, or they feel worried or concerned or afraid. If a child feels afraid, that, that can develop a type of an abandonment anxiety where they feel like, I got abandoned by my parent. I don't have anybody. I'm alone. And this can create a big problem for the child. The other thing that can happen is the parent ends up experiencing a lot of guilt, right? Because the parent's like, what did I do? Oh, for sure. I felt so guilty after I let my emotions take control. I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really true. And this, I mean, and this can happen in all kinds of things. A parent that loses their temper and is reacting that way. A parent that doesn't take care of the needs and is ignoring a child because sometimes a reaction that a parent might have in reactive parent is to ignore. And when the parent ignores, then after they also feel guilt, because guess what? That can create anxiety in the child because again, the parent wasn't providing the needs for the child. The parent wasn't there. The child felt alone and not safe, right? So there's that kind of thing too, that can create a negative outcome because of that negative, you know, interaction there. But here's another one that many people may not consider. And that is that when you are emotionally solving your problems in a reactive way like that, then your child could actually be learning the way to solve my problems is to be emotional instead of to be calm and to have better communication. 
Yeah. Well, and then parents are like, why are my children so emotional and why are they manipulating me? I know. And as much as I don't like, yeah, she says, yeah. (laughs) So as, as much as, as much as I don't want to go around shaming parents and beating them up and making them feel more guilty, there is a point where if you're a hundred percent honest, there are some of those behaviors that if you, if you could see the full line of your behavior and their behavior and your heart and their heart and your mindset and their mindset, you might actually see how you drove Be them on a in very a certain similar direction. growth track. <laughs> yeah. You might actually see, oh, I kind of pushed them that way. I, I didn't realize I was pushing them that way, but I was, or I was teaching them through my own frustration and stress to get stressed. I, it was part of the environment that we have. I I find it very interesting that in my in my family, so two of my four children would have more of a tendency to develop a little more stress. I mean, we do have people in our family who experience higher levels of stress. My mother is definitely has a higher level of stress, um, just by her nature. It's just how it is, and she's a very like go getter person, which also can bring in the the stress too. Anyway, and well, and I am too, but I don't have the stress side of it. I have the really, the little bit more chilled outside. Anyway, but there are two of my four children could have the tendency to develop more stress, but you know what? Me and my husband are not stressful people. So there are very few instances where our children would have seen us get stressed in a negative fashion um, because we just weren't like that. And so what I've noticed is that even though I have children who might have some of those tendencies a little bit more like maybe my my mom's side of the family a little bit, um, they actually do not really display hardly any signs of stress or it's in a, it's very, very manageable in control, even in a productive way that stress leads them in a productive direction as opposed to um, nurturing the stress in a negative way. And that's just because of nurture, right? The, the chil- that my children learned that a good way to live is to not stress out. That's a good way to live. That doesn't mean that stress can't happen. You know, it's just that, it's not something you want to let take over. And they, they saw an example of it not taking over. And then um, that became the normal. For well, them, and you helped us I- analyze too, when we would see people like, you know, grandma, for example, she would get stressed out about something and maybe on a, the drive home, you know, we'd say, oh, mom, grandma was really stressed today. You know, and you'd mm-hmm. say, yeah, she was. Why do you think that is? You know, you'd help us analyze that stress and analyze why, and, you know, things that maybe she could have been less stressed about or things that she could have accepted and no answer on that would have decreased stress, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was really a really awesome thing that you did. Dad did sometimes too, but mostly you, you're very deliberate about helping us analyze those kinds of behaviors and what skills would have applied in that situation. We literally could do a whole podcast on that because and maybe we will. Because that's a really good one. Um, Parents should be aware of what their children are processing. And so I was constantly seeing, okay, what did my child just see? What could they be thinking about it? What do I want them to learn from what they just saw? And then I would make sure that we discussed so that I could hold up the mirror to what you just saw or basically replay the video in your mind and then say, now let's learn from this. Okay. What was effective? What was not effective? What was being thought? Do you think in that situation? Well, what could have been thought so that that problem maybe wouldn't have happened? 
right? And so this was with your your friends, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your everybody that we would, not that we were like trying to talk bad about anybody, but I just wanted to make sure that every opportunity that I had to teach you something about how you could communicate with others, how you could choose happiness could be, you know, that we could take any opportunity that we just had and learn from it. So that type of um, deliberate parenting was definitely something we did. So yeah, maybe. Maybe we need to be, uh, I don't even know what to call that, but, but watch for a podcast. that sounds like, uh, something some, about stress. <laughs> well, maybe not just stress, but maybe something like, um, maybe we'll do a podcast on something like, um, talking or being aware of your child's processing probably, or something like Ooh, that yeah. so that we can help the children with the process. That'll probably be a future one. Yeah, because we can go into details about that. So anyway, um, I just have to remember as we go forward. Well, let's finish this out. So those are some of the negative effects of reactive parenting. I mean, just a few. Obviously, you know, there's tons of training that could happen pointing someone in a negative direction. If that, you know, if you have a tendency to react with frustration, with stress, with anger, with emotion, um, you know, all of those things are actually have an emotional base. And this doesn't mean emotions are bad. They're part of who we are. But I know we've got other, I've got other YouTube talks. I've got other podcasts where we've talked you about have emotions. You have a whole class about emotions. I have a whole, yeah, the, the value and mastery of emotions. Okay. So, so please don't think I don't care about emotions. And please don't think I'm telling people to stuff their emotions. But I am saying that as a parent, you do have a duty and responsibility to, um, to do teaching and training to your children. And if you are caught up in how you feel and, and you are now stopped in your own progression, then you're not going to be able to fulfill that role that you have for your child. And that's where it's going to end up getting in the way. And so we've got to try to help ourselves, you know, prepare to be in that place where we can help our children become free emotionally too, and not have that bondage. Okay. So what is proactive then? Proactive parenting or being proactive means that a person looks ahead they have a vision of what they want to accomplish or where they want to go and what could be a potential problem too. So um, they don't just say, what do I want or where, where do I think I ought to go? But they say, what could get in the way of that and how can I prepare for that? So I'm going to teach my children key skills. Then as a part of that, I'm also going to teach them. And when the skills don't go right, because I, there's no way I expect you to be perfect, it's not going to happen. And so then when <laughs> when we don't do our skills, then this is how we'll talk about it. This is how we'll correct it. And so then everyone is prepared to actually solve the problems too. If there is one thing that reactive parenting does, it makes people afraid of solving problems because they don't think that it's possible to solve a problem and feel good about it afterwards when people are emotionally reactive. But when you're proactive, you can prepare people to solve problems and feel good about it afterward. And so many people need that because they're afraid of addressing things in their family. People are walking on eggshells. And if we can't talk about things as a family, then what are we doing? Right? Then then what's, mm -hmm. what's the point of it all? Well, the so, nice thing about being a proactive parent is no matter how anyone else is around you, you can be confident in knowing, you know what, you know, okay, we're going to go see this person today. This person has a tendency to get really anxious and high stress. So if that happens, what can I do to help, you know, or like, what can I do to prevent that from happening? Um, so it's, it's really awesome to just take that little think ahead time. You know, a lot of people, some people are like, well, 
I'm just a live in the moment type of person. So I don't want to have to think ahead on that, you know, or on anything in general. And I am a live in the moment person. Oh, same. I want you, I, no, I'm very much. I want you to know person. that. Yeah. I'm very spontaneous, <laughs> very live in the moment. But when it comes to my interactions with other people and the way that I'm going to communicate or process something, I'm going to be deliberate and I'm going to be proactive about it because it's not worth well, the trap. And when you that make comes. a habit of it, it doesn't take very long. It's literally like a five second process, mm-hmm. you know, because your brain does it so quickly and mm-hmm. just goes, okay, we're going to go see this person. This is what we're going to do. And cool. Love it. We're going to use our skills. Love it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it just happens, especially as you make it a habit. It's prepping. It's like preheating the oven, right? We talked about that in the last podcast. We talked about pre-teaching and we don't just pre-teach our children, but we need to pre-teach ourselves. We we have to prepare ourselves for success and our children for success. And so we want to be pre-teaching everybody. So one of the highest levels of communication is talking about what you're going to talk about before you talk about it. Now that's, Ooh, that just, is called metacommunication. Exactly. That's right. It's called metacommunication. It's one of the highest levels of communication. Very successful people metacommunicate and they say, okay, so tomorrow we are going to talk about this skill or tomorrow we are going to learn this thing or this afternoon or, or, Hey, we're going to learn the skill right now that we are going to use tomorrow. Okay. So that's all meta communication. And, and within the teaching self-government parenting model, we do tons of meta communication. We oh, talk yeah. about where we're going. We talk about what future problems we could have. We talk about how we're going to handle it, the skills we're going to use, and how we're even going to think ahead of time so that we can be prepared well, and to how bond we're gonna, no matter you know, what. Interact with other people. So I know in m- multiple couples meetings, especially when my husband and I first got married, we had to talk about okay, when I'm upset, you know, talking about me. Um, when I'm upset, what's, you know, what's the best way to come about that? And I would tell him, okay, so here's the thing. When I'm upset, you need to be a bomb squad and just come talk to me about it. Because if you come talk to me about it, I'm not going to blow a fuse. But, you know, if you don't come talk to me about it, I might get upset with you. And it might come out in a way that you don't like later, even if I'm trying to be calm, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you know yourself and you're saying, okay, once it builds, I can't, we can't let it build. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And so it was really helpful for us to say, okay, this is how we're going to talk about talking, you know, in the future. And yeah. it has helped tremendously. And I would like to point out here that I think people misinterpret my teachings when they don't fully understand what we're teaching with teaching self-government. And they think that I'm suggesting that a person could somehow be raised to never have any negative emotions. And that is not true. We see this with Paige's story that she just shared, okay, that she knows when she's starting to get worked up. And she knows that if she feeds it, if it keeps going, there is a chance that she could explode. Now, she has emotions. She could have anger. She could have frustration. I have frustration. very strong emotions. She does. She is my most, I would say, intense with emotions of all my children. Okay. Um I wouldn't say she's the most emotional, but she is definitely no. the most intense <laughs> with her emotions. And so she has them. 
She knows what they do. And she even goes to the next step of telling her husband, this is what my emotions do. And if you see it happening, could you help me out? Let's create an intervention plan so that I don't have a problem. Do you know what that's called? That's called honesty and it's called self-government. It's incredibly refreshing. Most people do not go to that level. Now you might say to yourself, well, it's not his job to stop her emotions. Oh, true. But if he loves her and he can help her, then why wouldn't he? say hey can yeah, we when talk we're, about when something? we're in a couple's relationship and he's he's like hey you know i want to help as best as i can and then it's also vice versa like hey you know i say to him i want to help you as much as possible because i know this is all new for you and so i want to make sure that i can help you be more self-governed as well yeah oh yeah yeah your poor husband the learning curve is steep <laughs> it's just he got thrown into the deep end he of did the pool. he's like no i i jumped right in i didn't <laughs> jump in. I jumped. <laughs> yeah he did and he's like i don't even get this type of communication what is going on he's yeah so, so good though he's no so he is he's incredible we love joseph like with a big heart like whoa that guy is amazing <laughs> anyway we just love him so much okay what a good daddy what a good husband all right so um that's what a person does when they are proactive. They plan ahead. They use lots of meta communication. So let's talk about some of the different ways that in the teaching self-government type of parenting or form of parenting that we use this proactive type of communication, this meta communication. So one of the first things that comes to mind is the pre-teaching. Like I mentioned, there's three different types of pre-teaching. So there's uh, instructional pre-teaching, that's when you pre-teach someone ahead of time before you're ever going to use something and you tell them everything that's coming like way before the time. So you'd say, these are the skills that we're going to learn. We're going to learn how to follow instructions, accept no answers, accept criticism, accept consequence, disagree appropriately. We're going to learn uh, how to make a calm plan for ourselves. And if there's a problem, this is how mom's going to help us get calm. This is how mom's going to stay calm. This is how mom's going to correct problems. This is how she's going to praise us. This is how she's going to pre-teach us. And then even all the way along, we do things like the sodas exercises, which are a problem-solving exercise, which helps the brain, again, look ahead very deliberately. We're going to have meetings regularly where we talk about our progress and we make new goals and plans for ourselves, utilizing our skills plus other skills sometimes coming into play. And so this is all planning, 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 pre-teaching. This is huge stuff, huge stuff. But, you know, I'm thinking right now also of these very so that's instructional pre-teaching, but then there's, then there's the situational pre-teaching. Okay. And in the situational pre-teaching, um, the parents will say, I'm going to give you an instruction. Remember to, to follow an instruction. This is what you do. And they list the steps and then the child says, okay, and they do it. And then the parent will do the, the effective praising technique afterward. Right. So that sets them up for success there. But I'm also thinking Paige, there is a way that a child pre-teaches their parent to listen to them. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And it's something that Clara does often because we've taught her how to do it. And so, um, you know, because young children, they often, in order to get attention, they make loud noises, you know, they scream, they yell. Um, we see it all the time. But we have we have taught Clara that, uh, yeah, no, we don't talk like that. Yeah. You just heard it. You just (laughs) heard it. So if she's, so if she's whining, Paige says, we don't talk like that. And Clara stops, looks at her mom and says, mama. Mm -hmm. And so then I know as soon as she says that, that I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to say, what 
you know, or how can I help you? And mm-hmm. so and it's been really helpful because she's actually started. Yeah. She started doing it on her own now. And sometimes she'll yell to get our attention, but then she'll stop yelling. And then she'll say, mama, you know, without us even, mama. yeah, without us even prompting her. And mm-hmm. it's been so it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. This child just <laughs> barely is turning 15 months old today. Okay. Yes. And she, she knows this Paige has also taught her how to calm down. She's been very proactive with her teaching with little Clara. So what Paige is talking about is disagreeing appropriately. Now that is a very, very um, infantile disagree appropriately, but she's doing it. And what, the, but she's recognizing her children- that her emotions can't dictate everything and they won't get her understood right the, emo- the emotions are not the way to to get real understanding you've got to connect with the person instead of disconnect and be emotional right because em- when you're getting emotional you disconnect when you're when it's non-productive emotion but when you're being calm and that's a productive emotion you actually connect with the person so when a ch- child learns to disagree appropriately we teach parents to tell their child to say mom may I disagree appropriately? And that is mom's cue to go, oh, yes, you may. Just like Paige is doing with Claire on a much more simplified level. Um, But this is a pre-teach that the child uses to help the parent remember to listen to and understand the children as well. So incredibly proactive parenting stuff there so that everybody knows how they're going to be communicating, solving problems. Clara knows how to get help. She will, she'll, she'll use her little sign language and say more. I want more of this, or please, can I have this? She'll reach up and then do her hand on her belly and rub it and say, please, because she knows that if she reaches up and says, please, then her mom would say, oh, you want me to lift you yep. up? Okay. Well, and we've told her that we won't pick her up until she says, please. So she'll have her hands up and I'll say, hey, please. And then she'll say, please. And then we can pick her up. Huh. Mm-hmm. She's probably yeah. saying it right there, huh? When you're telling <laughs> us. Yep. And- because she's so she's so good at following what her mommy says she's the happiest little baby honestly the happiest little baby because she knows how to communicate with her mom and she knows how to get her opinions heard and she even knows how to tell me yeah she knows how to tell me what she wants she'll point in the general direction of something and then you know i will grab something and say, oh, do you want this? And if she doesn't, then she'll keep pointing in that direction. But if she does, then she'll say, yeah. And then yeah, she, okay. she loves to say, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She loves to say that. <laughs> I so wonder then, if she would say, it wow. You oh. got to impress the people. Yes. So tell her to tell her to say, wow. Can you say, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you try one more time. Can you say, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, we love it. We love little Clara's little words. There you go. There's a little yeah. peek into our life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Anyway, Good she's job. learning to say so many things. And and we could goo-goo on Clara all through the podcast. And, and I don't know if that's fun for anyone. It might even annoy people. So sorry if that's the case. But, you know, such is life. This is real people <laughs> doing real talk here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast we have a real baby okay so that's really we do, fun too. because i'm a stay-at-home mom 
(laughs) And she didn't want to sleep very long today. Yeah. And Paige is also a student and she is on, she's going to be starting her last semester uh, in her marriage and family degree, which I'm so excited about. Um, So she's almost done with that degree, which is just so in line with all of this teaching self-government work that we've been doing. And I'm just so excited for her. And then she will just not even have to worry about anything else except for just sweet little Clara and whoever else comes along the way. So anyway, um, the whole teaching self-government system is designed to help you be proactive in your parenting so that you don't have to use your emotions to solve problems and so that you can be calm instead. You can say, wait, what is calmness? What does that mean to me? What is calmness for my child? And you can teach them, this is a calm voice. This is not a calm voice. This is a calm body. This is not a calm body. So you can show them the difference between those things and teach them just like Clara knows what is not a calm voice. And then she knows to say mama instead of to go "Ah," and to whine, which is what her maybe first reaction would be. But instead she knows mommy will always pay attention to her if she uses her calm voice and she's going to hear her, what she has to say, and she's going to get her needs met as well. So little Claire is learning how to accept no answers and follow little instructions. She's learning how to communicate and do so many wonderful things. Um, And it just shows you that you can start learning these skills very very young. So I hope you have enjoyed talking about reactive versus proactive parenting. You can find a whole lot more about that on the Teaching Self-Government website, which is teachingselfgovernment.com. We have courses there. I highly recommend signing up for one of the three-day parenting mastery trainings. I've always got those coming up throughout the year. We do a few of those every year. And then also, if if you want to uh, just get started today on the course, we have an online course. It's called the TSG Parenting Course. And that course is transforming families every single day around the world. And you get a chance to talk to us, ask your questions and, and learn from me and Paige. So I really hope that you will find yourself learning more because we can only scratch the surface on these podcasts, but hopefully you learn some other layers about self-government that will help you along the way. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.